0: Hebrews chapter 13, this morning I preached a couple of points of this message, I want to finish tonight, Um, and the outline's not on the back wall, so I'm just going to wing it, and so, uh, but I got it right here, but um, you know, about 6 o'clock this morning, I woke up and the Lord changed uh, the emphasis of this message to let us go on, and I thought, my goodness, how can I get this together quick enough, and it just fell into place. And I hope that you got something out of the preaching on the home and the marriage, because that's where it all starts. But I want you to notice in chapter 13 of Hebrews, the Bible says, let brotherly love continue. And then it goes on down to verse 5 and says, let your conversation be without covetousness. Um, He's trying to apply what he's taught uh, these Hebrews that were going back to the law, that were going back to the shadows and leaving the substance of the cross of Calvary. And then look at verse uh, 13. The Bible says, Let us go forth before unto the, him without the camp, bearing his approach. And then one other, one other let us, and, it, and, and, uh, and th- let us means to personally appropriate all that's available in Christ. Thank God we have a wealth uh, at our disposal through Christ. We have abundant peace, abundant joy, abundant uh, substance and, and security and confidence summed up in the verse that we'll preach on uh, tonight. But look at verse uh, 15. And this goes right along with Thanksgiving, or Thanksgiving goes lot right along with it. And this will be our text tonight. It says, by him, talking about Jesus. And that's what this song, that song said so well. By him, therefore, let us... Offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. But to do good and to communicate, forget not, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Now, in the book of Hebrews, as I researched this this afternoon, um, fifteen times. The word let us, or the phrase let us, is mentioned, which means personally appropriate all that's in Christ. Thank God we don't have to gain our uh, rest and joy and peace. We have it in Christ. We don't have to gain our salvation. It's not by works, lest we get to heaven and boast. But I just want to give you, for instance, and um, I'll try to go over the whole book of Hebrews next next week in our conclusion of this of these three chapters. But I want you to look at uh, Hebrews chapter four, and I want to show you three more lettuces. Uh, sounds like something to eat, don't it? Let us, Amen. Uh, three more ways to appropriate and this. This chapter, Hebrews chapter uh, four, chapter four—I might have said six—is on rest. And folks, if we ever needed a chapter in the Word of God, it's today because there's many people that are restless and fearful. And, um, folks, we need not be that way. We need to rest in the Lord. And the Bible says in verse 1 of Hebrews 4, it says, Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left of us entering into His rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. Folks, if you come short of the rest of God, the peace of God, it's your fault because Christ paid it all and the resurrection sealed it all. And the ascension uh, proved it all, and him on the right hand of God. That's all we need. Look at verse. Um, look at verse. Uh, let's see, verse eleven, Hebrews four. Are you with me? Uh, let's study the Bible. It says, "Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief." Unbelief. <clears throat> and then one other verse? Um, in uh, a couple of the verses in Hebrews chapter four that I'll get back to tonight, uh, look at verse um, 14, verse 14 of Hebrews 4. It says, seeing then that we have a great high priest. Can somebody say amen right there? A great high priest. I'm glad we don't worship these priests that are pedophiles and wicked and uh, 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 man-made priests in a heresy called Catholicism. It says that you've got to go through them to get to, G- to get to God. My Bible says there's only one mediator. Amen. It says, seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. We could praise God right there and go home. It says, let us hold fast our profession. And then one other let us in this verse. It says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace We may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Father, use this message tonight. Thank you, dear God, for how you moved this morning. I felt your presence. and Lord, I felt like you uh, used the message in hearts. I thank you, God, for what you did in my life and how you challenged my life to not take Miss Connie for granted or my children, Uh, Lord, my grandchildren. Thank you, God, for each one of them. But Lord, tonight I pray to your God that You'd help us to see that You're enough, and that God, You're more than able, and that You'll never leave us or forsake us, and You're same yesterday, today, and forever, and that we can come boldly to the throne of grace because You ever liveth to make intercession for us. So, Lord, help us to enter into that rest, that peace, that joy, the confidence, the walk of faith that You have endowed to us through the death, burial, resurrection, and ascension, and you ever living on the right hand of God. So Lord, thank you. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your word. Thank you for this many coming tonight uh, to worship you and those that are listening by way of internet. And God, I pray that you would bless our families. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning we talked about in verse one through three. Or preached. I didn't just talk. I don't do talks. I do sermons. Um, just a little talk, and uh, we preached on compassion that makes a difference uh, in the prisons. It makes a difference, especially those that suffered. It makes a difference those that come to your house and had no place to stay. Uh, it makes a difference in each other's life as we have compassion and love. Then it said, and then we we saw. In these verses, that we ought to let this compassion come home, and it's a, a threefold message of honor in the home: that we honor God with oneness, and we honor uh, our children, honor the parents, and then we honor one another. And then tonight, I'd like to uh, continue this with verse five and six. And I know I preached a whole sermon on it last Sunday, but I think it's uh, great verses. You could preach it every Sunday. It says, "Let us" or "Let your." conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things you have um, for he has said I will never leave thee nor forsake thee so that, that I, we may boldly say the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. I want you to know folks we need to go on let us go on in God's presence. You know um, he is enough and we find strength in Christ. The Bible says in Psalms 46.1, and I read this often at funerals, he's a very present help in the time of need. And folks, you don't know how much you need God, but there's other times that you really know how much you need God. When Miss Joanne was sharing in the prayer room just a few minutes ago about her accidentally calling her friend yesterday, and she she called back and wanted to know what she wanted. She And Ms. Joanne asked a simple question, how have you been doing? She said, I'm not doing good. I've been fighting this COVID for several weeks. And this morning she found out that she died. She's 35 years old. I want to tell you something, if I was her husband, I don't know if she had any children or not, one little little boy, four years old, uh, I would need God tonight. I would need His help. I would need His strength. I would try not to trace God. I'd try not to be bitter at God. But I could I would not be able, I would not be able to handle it without Jesus. And neither would you, and neither can they. So we need to pray for the Mantuth family. I don't even know them. But folks, I want to tell you something. Here's a very emphatic promise that he'll never, never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Uh, there's a lot of man-made priests and Earthly priests, they will forsake you in sin. They will turn their back on you. They'll say they're listening when they're not listening. They say they care when they don't care. And, folks, I'm just saying that's for every preacher, every man, every person you go to. They're just not Jesus. And, folks, Jesus really cares, and Jesus really knows where you're at. And I don't know if this uh, gives you any confidence, but it distills uh, despondency. In encourages and encouragement. And folks, the reason that we need to uh, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice, is because He is near. He's a very present help in the time of need. And I don't know about you, but I need God. And I want to tell you something, in the last 11 months or 10 months, I have realized how much more I need God than I ever thought I needed God. And I hope the whole world applies that. And I'm not saying I'm an example of application, but I will tell you something, friend, if this doesn't get your attention on your need of God, nothing will, I don't believe. Folks, I mean, God's shaking the mulberry leaves <clears throat> with his presence. And Lord, there's things that <clears throat> I can't understand that perplex me, uh, that could depress me like the election, but thank God I know Jesus is still on the throne and he has promised that he'd be my helper. And so I'll just cry out to him, Lord, I need your help. In Matthew chapter 10, in verse 28, you know the verse, but I want you to see it. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 10, uh, real quick, and I won't preach long tonight, but um, I got a lot of time to preach, I'll tell you that. I got the I got the pulpit at 15 after, that's amazing. Um, I never heard Brother Randy sing so fast, that was good. No, it wasn't good, it was, it was great. Uh, look at Matthew 10, 28, please. The Bible says, And fear not them which kill the body, but but are able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body. Are not two sparrows sold for a father, and one of them shall not fall to the ground without your father. Uh, folks, and here's a good one that I can uh, identify with, but the very hairs of your head are all numbered. And sometimes you have to subtract." It says, fear ye not, therefore, you are more valuable than the sparrows. Folks, God knows where you're at. And God loves you. And God is concerned about your needs. And folks, I want to tell you something. We need to go on with not confidence in religion, not confidence in the substance and, and the things that the Hebrews were leaning back toward. And we need to have confidence that we can walk with God. I like that song, he walks with me, he talks with me along last night. God leads his dear children along. And folks, this is not a fear that God's going to strike you dead any minute, but it's a fear of respect and reverence. And let's get to Thanksgiving in just a minute. It ought to be every, every week. You ought to reverence God. You ought to revere God, and you ought to thank God for his presence, but he's not just your buddy, he's not just your... Um, a uh, grandfather that will give you what you want, he's a God that knows best. And he's a God that loves you enough to give you what you need and not what you want. Because if it was up to us, we'd all have sunshiny days, but God knows that we need some of these days that we've had in the last 10 months. He knows we need it. It ought to draw you closer to God. And then I want you to know, fourthly, that we ought to go on in submission to our spiritual leaders. Look at verse 7. These are just uh, the P.S. Of the, of the book, but it just covers a lot of things. Uh, it, it's kind of like the book of Ecclesiastes. This just one truth after another. It says in verse 7, Remember them which have rule over you, who have spoken to you the word of God, whose faith follow considering the end of their conversation. Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever. We ought to go on in God's presence. We ought to go on in God's compassion. But folks, we ought to go on in God's submission. God has set up spiritual leadership for you. Um, we need to remember our those that have rule over us. Children, your spiritual leaders are your parents. Amen? Uh, members, your spiritual leader is your pastor. Uh, I'm not a dictator. I want to be a good leader. But, folks, I want to tell you something, friend. We need to trust leadership if they're trustable. And that means if they are following God, uh, 1 Corinthians 11 says, Follow me as I follow Christ. Paul was speaking. And so we see the persons, the spiritual leaders. Then we see the practice, those who preach and teach the Word of God. It's the most important job on this earth. That's why I know that that guy that's running for Senate, um, I need to pray for uh, Kelly. She's got the COVID, so. We need to pray for her, but um, he he has taken a step down. If he's really a reverend, and I don't like the word reverend, and I don't I don't want you to use the word reverend speaking about me, because I'm not to be revered. But I'll say this, friend: it's a step down to be a politician from a preacher. It's a higher calling to be a pastor, and it's a it's a higher hope to be a pastor, because folks, revival starts in the church and we need to come back to the church, but we need to be on the same team, and we need to follow the same leader. And folks, the leader, of course, is God, and God knows how to eliminate leaders that are not right with God. I fear God. Uh, Listen, I want to tell you something. If I get out of the will of God, I believe that God could kill me prematurely. I believe He could take my heart, which would be my wife or my children. Uh, I believe He can get my attention. And I believe any spiritual leader that does not reverence God is a fool and he'll probably live foolishly. But I want to tell you something, a man of God that lives for God and walks with God is is worthy of respect. And that means submission. If God's man believes that God's leading in this way, you ought to follow and get on board. Say amen. And I thank God for you. Uh, We've never had... Uh, a bad deacons meeting since I've been pastor of this church, maybe, maybe a couple. And uh, we've never had open rebellion in a business meeting. We've never had argument and, and fussing, and we've never had a split or a splatter. Probably have one tomorrow. But I'll tell you this. Thank God for your fellowship, and you pray for your spiritual leader because I need it desperately. The devil's really tried to work on me in recent months. And, folks, the practice is this that we resemble God and that we follow God and that we're faithful as as God is faithful to us. And so, folks, we we need to go on. We need to submit. And Paul was saying, hey, listen, trust me. I am delivering you the Word. And all you need is Jesus. You don't need to go back to Judaism. You don't need to mix law and grace. He said, beware of dogs in Philippians. You know why dogs... Uh, spiritual dogs are called dogs because they bark law, 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 law. (laughs) It's an old joke, but I like it. But anyway, I want you you to know, friend, God help us to get on board and to follow the leadership of the Holy Ghost through spiritual leadership. And you'll be a lot freer in the will of God under submission than you will in rebellion. And so we need to regard our superiors as considering the end of their conversation. Most of these have probably died. That's encouraging. It says, whose faith followed considering the end of their conversation. That means the end of their lifestyle. Maybe Paul was referring back to the people that he referred to in Hebrews 11. And many of them had died and given their life for Christ. They were martyrs. And folks, they were still turning on them. And they were still going back to the forms. They were still going back to the shadows. They were still going back to religion. And these men had died for the faith. I hope that if I died for the faith, you'd at least come to my funeral. But folks, Paul was getting no respect and Paul was battling a church that was going back. He'd been through first uh, the church of Corinth and he said, hey, listen, remember them which have rule over you who have spoken unto you the word of God whose faith follow. Considering the end of the conversation, And then he just just, just does a resounding, emphatic praise. He said, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so, folks, listen. We need to go on for God with thanksgiving and praise. Number five, let us go on with thanksgiving and praise. Folks, listen at verse eight again. He's the same yesterday today and forever you know what we ought to praise God for that he's absolutely trustable it's probably not a word he's trustworthy you can trust God you can trust God you know we're so consumed with ourself and and what people think and and you know what 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 is people saying about me that we get off off track and and we we become discouraged, and we become depressed, and we become unfaithful because we get our eyes off the unchanging nature of God. He's the same, and we ought to be the same. I know we ought to grow, but we ought to be we ought to be sure in Christ. It's just sensible to trust God. It makes sense to trust God. Look at this real quick, in verse nine. It says, "Be not carried away with divers strange doctrines." I'm not sure exactly what that is but we got some strange doctrine going around here. If you don't believe it, drive down Dugat Road, and you'll see some strange doctrine. In the name of karate, the the Buddhists have set up here. In the name of, uh, I don't know what, Islam, uh, Muhammad, the Islams are here. And then across the street is uh, uh, the Jehovah Witnesses that don't believe in hell. And... uh, are more faithful than Baptists to go door to door and knock on doors and hand out their literature. Folks, this whole street's full of cults. And it says, hey, listen, be not carried away with divers and strange doctrine. I believe the strange doctrine in context was mixing law with grace, but I want to tell you something, every cult's that way. If You'll study every cult. It's works, 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 works. It's do, do, do. And and our religion is summed up in one word, done. It is finished. Amen? And folks, we don't have to do a lot of works to stay in in grace. But it says, for it is a good thing that the heart be established, here it is, with grace. Not with meats, which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. Now, please don't leave me here. I know a lot of you look tired. Look, you've had a long weekend. But I want you to to hang on to this. Many false creeds were propagated. They were invading the church. They were snatching people that were not grounded. And he just summed it up and said, Listen, be established with grace. God's grace, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, is sufficient. His blood is enough. His death, His burial, and His resurrection is enough. And folks, we should not be even swayed by these cults that say you've got to do this and do this and do this and do this and you've got to do this to maintain it. I'd be out knocking on doors day and night too if I thought I was going to inherit some kingdom. Folks, that's a false doctrine. It's a a swayable, strange, diverse, strange doctrine that that they were being taught. And here it is, folks. It's summed up in the last... Part of that verse 8, it says, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, that sums it up. The same yesterday and today and forever. The law emphasizes external, but the gospel or grace emphasizes the eternal. The Pharisees were guilty of making religion nothing more than minor things. Under the law, they had to observe minor things. They say that the Pharisees had over 32,000 different laws. But the Bible says in Matthew chapter 23, and verse 23, if you'll turn there, it says this, or I'll just read it to you. It says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithes with mint and uh, and uh, cumin and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought to have done but not to leave the other undone. Folks, it says you ought to tithe, but don't forget judgment, don't forget mercy, and don't forget faith. And so, folks, we live by faith. We're established by faith. I want you to notice verse 10. It says, In having an altar whereby they have no right to eat which serve in the tabernacle. They're going back to the types, going back to the the worshiping uh, by sacrificing animals. It says, for the bodies of the, the, those beasts whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are burnt without the camp. There's the shadow. That's the whole picture of the book of Hebrews. Don't go back to the shadows. Don't go back to law keeping. But here's the fulfillment of verse 12. Wherefore, Jesus also that he might sanctify the people with his own Blood. Amen. With his own blood, suffered without the gate. Now, folks, here it is the surety of Christ, the supremacy of Christ, the sufficiency of the sacrifice of Christ. And folks, here's where we ought to uh respond in verse 13. Let us go forth, therefore, unto him without the camp, bearing his reproach. You know what that's saying? You've got a cross. And you need to deny yourself. You need to pick up the cross. And you need to follow God. And folks, listen, if you go on with works and sacrifice and even give your life for Christ, it's not to secure your salvation, it's to prove that you are saved and to be a witness to those that are lost. And so we see the shadow of Christ in verse 13. The altar, the blood of beasts, the high priest for sin. But we see the fulfillment of it all. And aren't you glad that somebody has taught you right? That you're not caught up in this law keeping. You're not caught up in these works salvation. But it says, with his own blood, it is finished. Praise God for the Lamb. and Thank God, friend. If you don't have anything else to thank the Lord for, you ought to thank God for Jesus. You ought to thank God for Jesus. For He is the way, the truth, and the life, but he is, the, he is life. He's the door. Stop trying to make your own. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. And we need to carry our cross. And folks, I thought one time uh, that cr- uh, carrying a cross was maybe the rheumatism in your right leg, knee, or, or maybe your um, uh, some cross of health problems or some cross of this or that. But I want to tell you something what bearing the cross means. Total identity. It means you bear his reproach. That you're willing to suffer. These folks were facing persecution. And thanks be to God, Paul was exhorting them. Go on. Don't go back. Don't go back to the shadows. Don't go back to the ceremonies. Don't go back to the types. Go on for God. Realize who God is. Stand with Christ. Bear your cross because Judaism will never satisfy you. Mixing law with grace will never complete you. It's because Jesus Christ died for your sins, was buried and arose. Let me read you just a couple more verses and we'll close. Hebrews chapter 7. Look at verse 25 real quick. Hebrews 7 verse 25. It says, Wherefore he is able Somebody say amen right there. I know this is not the most interesting message you've ever heard, and it sure isn't one you can jump a pew on, but you ought to get something out of it. Amen. It says, Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost. He saves to the uttermost. You know what that means? He keeps you saved. You're saved to the uttermost. You're passing death and life. You're not halfway saved. You don't have uh, just some of the gifts. You have all the gifts in Jesus. Look at this. It says, Wherefore, He is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God. And here's the key phrase in Hebrews, by Him, by Jesus, seeing He ever liveth to make intercession for them. For such a high priest became us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separated from sinners, and made higher than the heavens, who needeth not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifices first for his own sins and then for the people's. For this he did once when he offered up himself. For the law maketh men high priests which have infirmities. But the word of the oath which was since the law maketh the son who is consecrated forever. Thank God he'll never come down to be a human being again. And folks, we need to realize that there's no earthly city, there's no earthly tabernacle, there's no earthly altar. There's no earthly high priest that can fill, fulfill you. There's a better tabernacle. There's a better priest. And folks, we only have one life, so we ought to get wrapped up and yielded to the Lord Jesus Christ. With all our hearts, we need to go on and live by grace and operate by grace. Now, look, go back. And I want to read three more verses in Hebrews 13. I'll let you out. It says in verse uh, 13, Let us go forth therefore unto him without the camp, bearing his reproach. It says, don't stay in the tabernacle. Don't stay in the rituals. Don't stay in the holies of holies. Go outside the camp. Folks, Jesus went outside the city to die for your sins. He arose outside the camp. And folks, listen, don't camp in religion and don't camp in Judaism. Go outside the camp and bear his reproach. Be a witness. And that's why we shouldn't just stay in church all the time. We ought to be a witness and go out and tell people, about Jesus and better yet show them. But look at verse 14 and 15. It says, For here have we no no continuing city, but we seek one to come. We seek one to come. Let me say last but not least, we need to go on with thanksgiving in verse 15, realizing that only by Jesus can we even approach God. Only by Jesus can we worship God. And only by Jesus can we experience thanksgiving in our heart. Look at it. I, I've just seen this afresh and anew. The first two words of verse 15 ought to thrill your soul. The sole path to God is by Christ. It says, by Him. By Him. Paul sums up the whole book of Hebrews. says, it's by Him. It's not by law. He says, therefore, let us, Offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. But to do good and to communicate, forget not, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. Only by Him can we approach God. Folks, if you you want to praise God during this Thanksgiving holiday and on every every day of your life, you ought to praise Him for Jesus Christ. You ought to praise Him for Calvary. You ought to praise Him for the blood. You ought to praise Him for the eternal salvation that you have by grace through faith. Not of works. Not of works. You ought to thank God you're free in Him. You ought to thank God that you've experienced the grace of God and that He is the only mediator between you and God and that you can approach Him not by works and not by ritual and not by religion, but by a living relationship with a living God. Let me read to you what I read at the first of the service, Hebrews 4.16. Seeing then, 4, 14. Seeing then, we have a, high, a great high priest. I feel so sorry for Catholics. I mean, the world's full of them. I feel sorry for them. I was down in Peru, <clears throat> minding my own business, and Brother Austin says, let's go to the cathedral. I said, okay, let's go to the cathedral. I don't know what in the world we're going to the cathedral for. It was a poor country. When we got to the cathedral, the Catholic cathedral, the doors were 18 feet high it seemed like. and They were made of gold and brass and we ripped those things up uh, open, Brother Mark, and we walked into this immaculate place. I mean, millions, probably thousands of dollars of decorations and decor and, and marble floors and it was like walking into another world in this third world country. And then I looked straight ahead and there was this booth that looked like a phone booth. There was this guy that um, had a big old sombrero and I thought that was only in Mexico and he was a Peruvian, he was so poor and he was and he, and he was looking down, he was looking sad and he went in that booth. And I just observed. About after about 10 15 minutes, he came out of that booth. And he was as sad as he was when he came in, went in the booth. Because there was no high priest that could change his life in that booth. I looked to my right and I walked to the corner of that cathedral, and there was a casket. Full size casket, casket with a full size mannequin in it. And it was Jesus. It was a, it was a it was a replica of Jesus. It was an idol of Jesus laying in the casket. Laying in a casket as if He was dead. I looked behind that casket and there was an 18-foot high picture of this lady called Mary. And And her face was glowing and she had a crown on her head and it was glowing and she was ruling and reigning over this Jesus in a casket. Now folks, that's heresy. That's ungodly. I told Brother Austin, I said, Brother Austin, I think we ought to just let it rip right here in the echoes of this cathedral. What can wash away our sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Don't you do it. They will kill you. I said, okay, I don't feel like dying for the faith today. We'll just whisper it, amen, or write it down. Bunch of chickens. But folks, listen. Seeing then we have a high, great high priest that has passed into heaven. He's not in a casket. He's arose, and 40 days later, he was seen by over 500 people, and he ascended. And guess what he's doing right now? I shouldn't say guess what he's doing right now. He is interceding and ever-living for you, because look at the Bible says. He said he's passing to heaven, and then he just makes it clear. Jesus, the Son of God. Praise God. We ought Praise God. We ought to have a praise in our heart about that. Let us hold fast our profession. I'm just going to say it, and I'm going to say it clearly. You're a backslidden Baptist if you apologize to to a cult or a heresy member. You have nothing to apologize to. You have everything to be excited about and folks witnessing about and thankful about, and your thanksgiving ought to show them that you are definitely different than a cult member or religionists. Look at verse 15. thought this was going to be a calm Bible study, but it's not calm. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our firmness. Aren't you glad that God not only knows and He's everywhere, but He cares. And folks, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And I want to say this. We can tell them that Jesus cares. Look at this. But we... But, uh, but in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. You got to get blessed by just reading this tonight. And then look at this. Let us therefore, there's that us. let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace, that we might obtain mercy and find grace. There it is, to help in the time. Of need but according to our scripture we shouldn't just come and ask God to forgive us and have mercy which we all need and thank God we have a father that forgives us aren't you glad you, you ought to here's another thing you ought to put on your praise list for this week God forgives through Jesus Christ but according to the scriptures in our text it says that when we come boldly to the throne of grace, that we ought to come through Jesus and praise God we ought to come through Jesus to praise God and so you want to know the true spirit of of almost say christmas of thanksgiving is to let us offer the sacrifice of praise the sacrifice of praise folks when you go before the throne of grace the first attitude you ought to have is thanksgiving. You ought to say, dear God, thank you for saving a wretch like me. Thank you for the many thousands of times you've forgiven me. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. And thank you for your help because I can't make it without you. And then just praise Him. The way you praise Him, it says continually, Continually. You're backslidden if the only time you praise God is in church. Let me repeat that. You're backslidden if the only time you praise God is in church. Every day, continually, and it looks at this. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. It's a fruit. We bear fruit of praise. One of the fruits of the of, of, of abiding is praise. God gives you strength and vitality and life and joy and peace, something ought to come off that limb called the fruit of praise. Folks, we're so afraid to praise because the charismatics have flipped out, the contemporaries have sung out. And folks, I want to tell you something. We shouldn't take the back seat to anyone because we are saved by grace and we're sustained by grace, we're strengthened by grace, and one day we're going home by grace. Amen. What a blessing. What a blessing to be here tonight. It says, but to do good and to communicate, forget not for which such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Let me just summarize it. He's saying one of the ways to praise God is live it. I want you to turn one more verse. I got four minutes. I was going to let you out at 7 o'clock and just shock you but I ain't going to go by time. 1 Peter 2.8, 2.9. It's one of my favorite verses in 1 Peter. So you got more than one, I'm sure I do. But I got this one in 1 Peter 2.9. It says, but you are a chosen generation. Listen to this, a royal priesthood. You know what your ministry ought to be? Interceding for others. You know what your ministry ought to be? worshiping that others may see God. The priest continually was offering. The priest was continually sacrificing. The the priest was continually praising God through the sacrifice of animals and the blood and the incense. You know the story. Read Leviticus sometimes. You do every year. I hope you get past Leviticus. I want to say this and I want to say it with all my heart. God has called you to praise Him in this particular way. It says, you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. You ought to be a little peculiar. That you should show, here it is, forth the praises of Him who has called you out of darkness into the marvelous light. <laughs> Amen. Which in times past were not people, but are now the people of God which has not obtained mercy, but now have attained mercy. You're a people of God. You ought to show it. And so just realize this, that God is well pleased with your life that praises God. And you can shout it, but you need to show it. You need to show it. By your steadfastness, by your faith, by your continuing on and by your growth, by your goodness, by your faithfulness to witness and continually offer God the glory. I was thinking today about what a privilege it is to be here tonight. because I couldn't be here last week. and It was, it was really nothing what I went through. But I picked up a pen this afternoon, Brother Al. And I looked at the side of this pen. And I don't know where this pen came from. But what was on the side of this pen spoke to my heart. Because it reminded me. It says, University Baptist Church, Atlanta, Georgia, 30319. That's all it says. But when I picked up that pen, I thought of my dear friend, Brother Gary. And I thought about how many times he suffered and he made his way to that pulpit. And he was so weak that he could not hardly stand, but he was faithful to the day God called him home. And I'll tell you what I remember about Brother Gary more than anything else. He kept praising God for all that God was doing through his life. And I thought to myself, when I go through this little sicknesses and little trials, I think, Brother Gary would be braver than this. Brother Gary would be more faithful than this. Brother Gary wouldn't be afraid of this. And I'm sure he had his down times. Don't tell me... If about if he did. I'm sure he did. But his testimony, just picking up the pen that he gave me, he's supposed to give a visitor and he gave his dear friend. And I thought, man, I want to be faithful. I want to continue. And I want to have the attitude, well, praise God, I don't know why the helicopter didn't land with that liver. I don't know. But I know this. Here's a man that got weaker and weaker. As he got weaker and weaker, he praised God more. And the weaker he got, the stronger I saw Christ. And the weaker he got, the more he preached (laughs) and the more he praised God and the more he loved to be able to get out of the bed on Sunday afternoon and stand behind a pulpit and preach The Word of God. Who are we? Drag in here, or not drag in here, and say, boy, this service was long and boring. We ought to enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. And the greatest way to praise God is to be faithful. And to be grateful. And to be yielded. And to acknowledge and give God all the glory. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this somewhat difficult passage. But God, really, it's not difficult because we could spell it out with one word. Jesus, Jesus, you're enough. And Jesus, you were enough to come to this old earth and die for my sins. You were enough, your blood was enough to cover my sins. And your resurrection and your ascension was enough for me to praise you for all eternity. God, forgive me when I whine. Forgive me when I complain. And Lord, most important of all, forgive me when I'm not faithful. And Lord, help me to yield more of my life because, Lord, I've lived past 35 years. You've given me almost 35 more years than you gave this dear lady this morning. And I really don't understand all that, but I'm grateful the opportunity to give more of my life to you God help us to praise you by showing forth a peculiar people a separated people a people that's going to go on anyway and praise you anyway and praise you for your grace in the time with every head bowed, every eye closed. Closing the illustration probably didn't mean much to you, unless you knew Brother Gary. But you that knew him know that I'm telling the truth. That here was a man of God. That was faithful to praise God no matter what, and faithful to fill his calling as a preacher, a pastor. No matter how you felt. And God help us to come on and go on. Let us go on and walk with Him. And not just shout the praises, but show the praises with a yielded life. With every head bowed, every eye closed. Let me say, Preacher, the Lord has spoken in my heart, the Lord has brought remembrance. As that verse said in verse 7, I believe it was, don't forget those spiritual leaders, especially those that were faithful to the end with their conversation, their way of life. And I want you to know that God has passed the baton to you and I, and we must be faithful. We must carry on the legacy. We must keep on praising. Let me say, preacher, I want God to use my life to show forth the praise of God i need help because sometimes i'm just not that consistent would you slip your hand up high for prayer i got to raise mine i just want to praise him i want to thank him for even the problems (laughs) that's hard doing it i want to thank him for the opportunities i want to thank him for the stewardship of responsibilities that god's given me in my life father use this message thank you god for the privilege one more time I don't know if it's 8,000 or 9,000 I really don't know but one more time to stand behind this sacred desk and to preach the gospel and try to pastor these dear sheep that you've entrusted me to lead God thank you for that privilege thank you for my friends thank you for my family thank you for your word thank you for your grace may dear God you overflow our hearts not only this week, but every week of our life, with thanks giving unto thee. And we'll praise you in Jesus' name.